Hey, welcome back to E-Crime Bites. We are in season two now, episode four. This is the YouTuber who crashed his plane for the likes, and we're in act three. So in act one, we got you up in the air with Trevor Jacob, the pilot. The engine went out at the end of act one. Act two was what he decided to do after the engine went out, which wasn't run a checklist, try to restart the engine, or a million other things he could have done. Instead, he bails the fuck out and leaves his plane up in the air while he has a parachute on, and then he pops his parachute and basically watches his plane crash. And then, when he lands, he hikes to his plane, I assume to get all the cameras he had stuck to all the different surfaces on it, and then he hikes somewhere where some farmers find him, and then that's his help, and he gets out of there. That's where we left you. Now, where we're bringing you in is the investigations. We talked just a very, very briefly about NTSB and FAA. They're the two federal authorities that will investigate a crash like this. For I'm not a lawyer, especially a governmental lawyer, so I can't tell you exactly why it split. But you know, I think one of them is basically the more the like a safety type of thing like trying well, to the ntsb out. is the national transportation safety board right so there i think you have focus on the safety element the faa is the federal aviation administration right More they're punitive. well they're also just responsible for making sure that if you fly a plane there's certain regulatory requirements you have to meet Safety is one of them, but that's more in the jurisdiction of the NTSB. So FAA and because he crashed a plane, generally would be involved. Uh, but obviously, to make sure, you know, in other words, if he followed every every single FAA regulation, they would be like, all right, we're good here. But it's clearly still an NTSB issue. But there, I think, you know, the problem is that there were violations of both sets of uh, regulators' requirements. We'll get into that. And so this leads perfect into this background for this act, which is to a layperson that doesn't work in aviation or isn't a pilot, the question of how fast you report something may not come to your mind. You would just think you'd report something very quickly. There are actually laws and rules written on how fast a pilot has to report some type of incident. Well, so I'm can gonna you imagine being on the highway, right? going 140 miles an hour because you're being an idiot and then like flying off the uh, the road and crashing into three other cars or whatever and just walking away and be like well i guess i'll go home now and for four days no one hears from you you continue on your life that wouldn't happen right you'd have to call your insurance company you have to call the police to you know move the fucking wreck you'd have to do a lot of things right that's all the same with an airplane but times 100 because it's an airplane yep and so the rules actually are, and I'll read you a little segment here. It says, the operator of an aircraft must immediately and by the most expeditious means available, notify the nearest NTSB field office when an aircraft accident or any of the following listed incidents occur. So right there, an aircraft accident. So that qualifies. But one of them is flight controls, malfunction or failure. We don't know why his plane lost power according to him and engine controls are considered flight controls so here's another reason why this accident should be reported immediately and there's a bunch of other specifications on when you have to report immediately and it's different things like you know uh, in-flight fire 
aircraft collide in flight, a bunch of stuff that doesn't apply to the accident that we saw here. But there was one at the bottom that I argue could probably apply, which is they say, quote unquote, an aircraft is overdue and is believed to have been involved in an accident. And I thought, not believed. We know this thing was in an accident because there's video of it. He's got video of it. So we know there was an accident. So if it, if for some reason somebody can argue that it didn't fall under those points that I read you initially, I would think it would at least fall in here where it's, you know, the aircraft is overdue and it was believed to be in an accident. That's kind of all encompassing in my opinion. So then you ask yourself, what did Trevor Jacob do? Did he notify immediately? No. No. He noticed so much. He notified them two fucking days later on November 26, 2021. And you know, you might think, oh, well, he was hiking around and stuff. Well, he wasn't hiking around for two days. He was found that night. So even if you give him the next day ish, he should have called them probably by the evening of the next day at, at worst case scenario, in my opinion. So on November 26th of 2021, when he, he talked to NTSB, he said, Hey, I will share with you the wreckage location. He didn't give it to him yet. He just said, I will share it with you. And he also said, I'm going to share my videos with you as well. Now, let me so, ask you this, Keith, is it normal to have videos of any random flight you might take? I would say nowadays it's a little more normal because um, the GoPro style cameras come down in price pretty reasonably. People can stick them outside. The problem with it is if one of those cameras come off of an airplane and hit somebody or house or something on the ground, and then you can trace that back to whoever it was in the airplane, that would be very bad for the pilot because there are rules about what can fall from airplanes and it's not GoPro cameras. It's basically nothing can fall from airplanes. <laughs> so yeah, I would assume a lot of the, a lot of pilots do what you saw Trevor Jacob do, but there were at least two or three cameras on there. I mean, it seems like there was a lot of cameras on there, but you, you also weigh it with the fact that, you know, he's like a social media type of guy and he probably films pretty much everything. So I don't know. I kind of go back and forth on it, you know. Yeah. I can okay. see. Can we agree though that? Putting... Can we agree that wearing a parachute on what should be a flight that you tend to land the plane on is kind of like going to sleep by yourself with a condom on? Yeah, a woman might suddenly appear <laughs> in my bed. I got to be prepared for that. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Is that a fair assessment? For more, like almost all flights, you wouldn't normally wear a parachute. You, like I said, um, I think it was an act one that a parachute usually is only worn when you expect to do aerobatics. Right. And that and aerobatics is also classified that's off the top of my head. It's been so many years, I can't remember, but it's a certain bank angle and pitch yeah. attitude. If you if you break those, you're supposed to wear a parachute. Fair enough. So yep. we're now about, what, seven, six days after the crash which is on what the 24th or the 20 crash happened on the 24th it was the 24th okay and so then, five days later the federal aviation administration or faa also starts an investigation so just so we're clear if you're keeping score here jones that is not one but two federal agencies investigating mr jacob over this accident so a day later on the 30th the ntsb emails jacob and they say hey we'd like to get that 
GPS location for the wreckage. So Jacob responds an hour and a half later saying he didn't have the coordinates and was still figuring out where the wreckage was located. Jones, was that a true statement? Nah, from what we saw in the video, right? Because he walked up to the wreckage and you would assume he knew knows where that's at. He wouldn't just forget it. He, t I'm sure anybody with a phone nowadays, all you have to do is take a picture of something right there and you have your GPS on your picture. It's that simple. So pretty sure that lying to the federal government in an investigation counts as a felony. I know this because we all know this because Martha Stewart did time for lying to the FBI when they asked her about her stock sales. So this is actually way more intense. Um, and uh, we'll see, you know, that got kind of wiped away with his plea. Okay, November 30th, Jacob completes an NTSB accident form. Now in that report, it's technically the NTSB pilot slash operator accident, aircraft accident incident report. And in that report, he indicated that he experienced a full loss of power around 35 minutes after taking off. Now, whether that's a true statement or not, we'll get into it. And that 35 minute statement was how I figured out approximately where that red arrow is on the map to show you over the mountains approximately where I think this happened. He said, so in the FAA interview, he continues on and he says, you know, the engine had quit and because he couldn't identify any safe landing options, he parachuted out of the plane, which if you've listened to this episode so far, you should be thinking that's utter bullshit because we told you he basically, and we showed you the video if you're watching this, he basically kind of leveled off his plane, said, oh shit, a bunch of times, opened his door almost immediately, if not even as the power was being cut. We'll talk about that in a minute. And he didn't even try to start it or anything else. He, he didn't say, hey, there's no, he didn't even look around. And usually what you do, you know, if you can't see around your plane is you bank your plane and you kind of look around and that stuff. We didn't see him do any of that stuff. And even not being a pilot, I, I hope we've given you enough information where you can <laughs> hear him say, I couldn't find a safe landing option. So I parachute out of the plane and you go, oh, that's utter bullshit. And that's going to lead us to our next act. So we're done with act, act three which is the investigation. We're going to get into what Trevor Jacob did to cover up what he did in the investigation. And this is where it gets really juicy. So if you liked anything that we talked about in this act, please, if you're on something like YouTube, please like our video, subscribe. If you're on audio podcast, subscribe to our podcast, uh, whatever the equivalent of a like is. If you're on Apple Podcasts specifically, give us please give us a five-star review um, there, which is half of our audio listeners. Reviews are what make new listeners see you. So that's what we're trying to use in order to have new listeners. Um, and then all the other social media like Facebook, LinkedIn, um, you know, sometimes I drop things out to Instagram. If you're watching anywhere else, please use whatever the, the like is on that and the subscribe is on that so you can know about these new acts that we publish. And with that, we will see you tomorrow on Act 4, The Cover-Up.